I, um, I've been kind of meditating this for a while, and uh, this is something that will help us. We're starting our small, our small groups will start back next week. I'm excited about that, and uh, I want to, you know, if, if we leave here and we're not equipped with something, we really, you know, we say this bottle really is reality, it's not a waste of time. And we come to worship the Lord, that's not a waste of time, but we ought to leave with something that we didn't have when we came. And uh, my, the Lord is really just, Tuesday nights and then also um, on Saturdays with our staff meeting. If you are on the schedule in any way, shape, or form, I, I, I've probably been overly patient. But if you sign the covenant and you are on the staff, I expect to see you here at our Saturday meeting, even if not because you're working but still in the city of Texas. Um, somebody say amen. Amen. Start dealing with some issues, some greater issues, holiness issues, doctrinal issues, because I, I I don't want you to just be able to explain doctrine. I want you to understand it. When you understand it, you can explain it. But it is amazing in so many circles, and you gotta be obedient. I appreciate obedience, and we gotta have an obedient heart. But. Uh, we got to understand, have a deep, more than just a surface level understanding of what it takes to be saved, what it takes to be sanctified, and to develop uh, in our walk with God. We got to understand Scripture, and it's not good enough just to know Acts two thirty eight. That that'll get you going. Uh, but there's a lot, there's a lot more Scripture in the Bible than Acts two thirty eight. Uh, I'm going to focus tonight, and so I, I really. Where we are, I'm going to start with um, Matthew chapter 28, and I'm going to read this in the King James Version. I'm going to read it in a different version as well. But um, I, I want our—I really want our young people to pay attention to this because, and I want you to really—you give me your focus for the next 40 minutes, okay, 45 minutes. And, and really try to learn what I'm showing you. It's really pretty simple, but I, I want you to know this for you uh, because I believe in our young people, and I believe our young people Amen. are taking the gospel uh, to lost people, and God's going to use them tremendously. And I want, I want yeah. our young people to know Scripture and to know why you do what you do. Yeah. You to just do it. There's a time and a place where you, you can receive the Holy Ghost and be baptized in Jesus' name and not understand everything. You don't have to understand everything to, uh, to receive the Holy Ghost be born with water and born with spirit. But uh, there has got to be a, a better understanding than I just did what I was told. And uh, but I think what I'm gonna what I'm gonna teach to you tonight is enough that you can take tonight and easily go home from tonight and reread it and, and try to get even a better handle on it. But I tried to break this down so uh, I'm not going to have 
50 scriptures. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna basically focus on four passages that it'll be easy to go back to later and reread it and understand it and connect the dots. All right. So I, I don't want you just to hear what I'm saying tonight. I want you to want you to catch what the Lord will give you tonight. It's gonna to be pretty simple in one regard, but it's so imperative. Matthew 28. Um, and uh, really just, that I don't have a title in my but it's just the, the focus or the subject is the last words of Jesus, okay? And this is, uh, I'm going to deal with doctrine tonight, but uh, Matthew 28, beginning with verse number 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. <clears throat> and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me. In heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I'm going to read this in um, the probably the New Translation that I have pulled up here. And this. Someone is tying him in between a uh, new living translation. Do we have that on our? Uh, so Matthew 28 and 16 says, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Um, verse number 20 is... is, is very good. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. All right? I want to focus really on uh, verse number 19 and 20. But verse number 19 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. When we leave here, when we're in, in, in the middle of our life, work, job, school, whatever, that is the time and the place where we are to make disciples. There's a there's somebody somewhere that if, if we'll be sensitive to the Holy Ghost and uh, we will uh, hear the still small voice. There's somebody somewhere that the Lord wants us to begin the process of making a disciple. That's um, not, not just trying to convert them to your doctrine. That's getting in their life and befriending them. And showing them through your friendship what the love of Jesus Christ looks like, feels like, sounds like, acts like, yeah. and, uh, and, and minister to them. Uh, but I want to focus on the last four passages of the Gospels. Um, and we, you know, Acts 2.38 is true. It's the answer to the question. It's the answer compacted into one verse. But we're just going to kind of expound on that and understand what Scripture says and how we get to that. Um, so, uh, go and make disciples and baptize them. Uh, baptism was a commandment. These are the last words of Jesus before he ascends into heaven. 
Uh, I, I won't necessarily, we can probably read it tonight, but Acts chapter 1 has some of the last words of Jesus. Uh, I think I've said this before too. Anytime, you know, when somebody passes away, oftentimes uh, there will be a, a, a last conversation if, if we have the ability to do so. I, I remember I, I got the ability to have the final conversation with my grandfather on the Friday before he passed. Uh, when he could still uh, talk and, and, and hear, and, and those that time on the phone was very precious to me, hearing the, the last words I heard from him. And uh, and we, we hold dear to those because the last words of an individual uh, most of the time will carry some type of weight to it. They have the ability to communicate, and they know they're on their way out. They know that they're close to the end. They will often say something that has some type of weight and that means something. It will often be some word of direction for your future. Do this, don't do that. Or I'm proud of you, or, or whatever it is. It could be something of that nature. The last words mean something. They carry more weight uh, uh, than, in the, in the situation, they carry a, a tremendous amount of weight. So. When Jesus is telling them what to do, understanding Matthew 28 is just before he is to ascend uh, into heaven. Understanding this, obviously, I had the uh, opportunity just this last week to explain Matthew 28, 19 to my daughter. She came up to the table and she's been reading the Bible and, and uh, she's on a quest right now to read her Bible all the way through. And uh, her little incentive, I said, that when you get done reading the Bible all the way through, you get $100. So she's planning what she's going to spend. She'll be excited. And uh, it'll, be, it'll be lots of fun. But she's, she gets her Bible out. She reads her Bible. And uh, I'm so proud of her for doing that. She'll read in her bed before night sometimes. Anyway, she can't even eat the table. And uh, she said, she said what, can you explain this to me? Matthew 23, baptized in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost. Said, uh, I said, well, here it is. I would love to teach you this. And I said, and I said, let's look at the verse. And I explained to her, said, is the word name singular or plural? She goes, singular. I said, okay, there's one name that uh, that is tied to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I said, and I took it at Acts 412. Who is there salvation in the earth? There is no other name under heaven given on the name of God. We must be saved. I said, what's that name? She said, Jesus. I said, that's the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. I said, it's not the name, it's his name. She goes, oh, that makes sense. That was pretty, so easy to make real names. But Matthew 28, 19 is one of the greatest scriptures on the oneness of God, not on his supposed morality. But it is telling us that the name, there is a name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And uh, we know that that name is Jesus. It's in Isaiah. I, uh, I can't remember if I took it to Isaiah or not. Uh, I think I did. Uh, where it said, Unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, the name shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Jesus is the, uh, he is the express image of God. Uh, and that's who Jesus was. I, I thought about this illustration. I don't have it on me. Better if I had it on me. But if I had a balloon in my pocket, 
somehow now we inhale and inhale oxygen, we exhale, we exhale carbon dioxide. So I couldn't do this, but if I could somehow get some oxygen from this atmosphere into a balloon, blow that balloon up, toss it up, you would see the form of what would be oxygen inside it. There would still be oxygen outside it, but there would be a form that you could see. That's what Jesus was. He didn't stop being omnipresent when he came into this world, but for, for the first time in the history of the world, we could see, we could look upon him, we could feel him, we could touch him. He was everywhere all at once, but he was also embodied in the person of Jesus Christ. Praise God. There is one God. And his name is Jesus. Yes. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and just love him like that. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. He got a whole shot. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. There is one God. It was not a plurality, but Jesus was begotten the Father. And in the beginning, he went up. It's not plurality. It's not plurality. That's why we follow the commandment in Matthew 28, 19. But the biggest thing, go ye therefore and make disciples. That is our job. When we go into the harvest field, everybody is included in this. We make disciples. We love for, we love, we care for, and we minister to people that are lost. And we and we we love them with our friendship. We we show them what the love of Jesus Christ is. It's not trying to it's it's not trying to convert people to our doctrine and trying to ram something down their throat. But the Lord is giving us right now and by Brother Harry preach there is a turning of the kingdom. There's a shifting that is happening. And man, when he talked about on Sunday morning, it, it makes I, I tell you when, when, here's how revelation works. I'm trying not to get sidetracked. Is is he made so many statements, and if you go back and you listen to the message he preached. He, there were so many nuggets of truth that he would just say like that. And, it, and it, when he said it, it was like, oh, it, it seemed so simple. But then your eyes were open to a whole other layer of truth. That's what revelation is. Revelation means that it, it was something that was in front of your eyes the whole time. But when, it, when a prophetic anointing or, or, or an anointing of revelation is there, you, you, be, you, you see what you've always been looking at, but you see it in a brand new light just like that. That's what revelation is. That's what it feels like. There's never a point, no matter how long you live for God, revelation isn't just about the mighty God in Christ. It's not just about Jesus and baptism and the new birth. And the, the essentiality of baptism and all this kind of stuff that, that we major on at times. Revelation is something that, as the people of God, we will always, when we're hungry for God, there will always be revelation that God continues to bring in our life. No matter how mature you get. That's the, 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 the Bible is such that we will read it and study it till the day we die. And we will never get to the depths of the truth and revelation that is in the Word of God. There's, you can never get to the bottom. Uh, Matthew 28, his last words. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded. Everybody say commanded you. Amen. So he's not saying that baptism is an option or it's just 
an extra thing you do to signify your salvation. He is commanding them to be baptized. It's not an elective. He's not, he's not saying this is just a good thing to do. Many circles will say it's an outward sign of an inward work. And there's, there's, that's not Bible. It is a commandment to be followed. Uh, commandments are not to be negotiated. And so, uh, so we're commanded to be baptized. Now, when you look at the last words of Jesus through all four of the Gospels, it's, it's, it's like an expounded version of what Peter preaches on Acts in, uh, on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2. So for Matthew, we see that you must, you, uh, baptism is a commandment. Now we go to Mark's account, Mark chapter 16. This is how Mark recorded it. Now there's a scripture, I don't have it in front of me, I wasn't planning on getting on this, but there's a, a scripture, I believe it's in John maybe, that says that Jesus performed many, basically I'm paraphrasing, performed many more things than was written in the book. Okay, we just get a snapshot. This is not all the miracles and everything that Jesus said while he was on earth, okay? It's just, it's, I, if, if I understand it right, what we have in the Gospels is just altogether a few days worth of ministry. It's not, all, it's not three and a half full years. It's just little snippets here, here, there. John tells us that there was many more things that he did. All right? Um, Mark chapter 16. Let's go to Mark 16 and 15. Uh, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Again, this is, this is Jesus is preaching doctrine to them. He's not preaching optional stuff. Before he leaves and gets out of here, he's partly he's teaching the doctrine, and then he's going to get into prophecy prophesying and giving direction in, in one of the other ones that we read here. But let's look at this. Uh, verse at, uh, Mark 16 and 16. This is one of the more butchered scriptures in modern day circles of Christianity. Uh, let's look at Mark 16 and 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Now when it says the word baptized, what is he referring to? Okay. Yes. That's half of it. So, what's important to understand, he makes it an emphatic statement, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Let's, I'm going to uh, quickly make a, let's see, uh, I'm going to quickly go to Matthew 3 and 11. And I know we know this, but, well, we should, but we're, we're, I'm, I'm trying, I want you to get a hold of it. Matthew 3, 11, I need baptizing with water. This is John the Baptist under repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So baptism is being baptized with the Holy Ghost. Of course, according to Matthew 28, 19, uh, being baptized in water. This, is, this makes sense when we go to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 2. Actually, let's go back to verse number 1. 
Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying in the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, and of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. Of the doctrine singular, of baptisms plural. Okay? This is foundational. What is he talking about? Baptism of the Holy Ghost, baptism of water. It is a doctrine. It is the doctrine of baptisms. So when Mark said, when he says in Mark, uh, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He's not just saying water baptism. He's not thinking about the Holy Ghost. Baptism. Baptism of the Holy Ghost, baptism of water. He that believeth not shall be damned. That ties into what I preached a few weeks ago in Romans chapter 10, where, he's where Paul is talking to and about the Jews. They don't believe in Jesus. You talk to people differently who want to be saved rather than people who cannot be saved. Okay? Paul in Romans chapter 10, he's talking to the Jews who it is impossible for them to be saved. Impossible. Unless they believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that God has raised Jesus from the dead, they cannot be saved. But matter of fact, verse 14 of Romans 10 says, How shall they call on him and whom they have not believed? Here's, here's how you can here, here's how simple it is. Okay, I'm not trying to get into apologetics, but it's important to understand. Uh, Romans chapter 10 is probably one of the most butchered chapters in the Bible. But here's how to understand it. You know what? Anytime I've prayed anybody through the Holy Ghost, and you've ever prayed for somebody through, or you've prayed with somebody to receive the Holy Ghost. What do we do? We pray prayer of repentance. And then we do what? We, begin to, we tell them something like, begin to lift your voice and give God praise. Begin to praise Jesus. Okay? Here's how simple it is. When, you, when somebody that does not have the Holy Ghost begins to praise Jesus, it's impossible to praise Jesus if you believe he's dead. Okay? So before it comes out of your mouth, they have already believed that Jesus is going to hear me. Okay? So it starts here, comes out here, Lord, I give you praise. They have believed with their heart and confessed with their mouth. It's a, it, because if he, was, if he was dead, there would be no point of talking to him. So when somebody starts to praise Jesus, that is a, a uh, uh, what's the that's the expression of what Paul's talking about. That's how simple you can follow what he's talking about. Lord, when you say, Lord Jesus, I give you praise, you have just then put yourself in a position to receive the Holy Ghost because you have believed in your heart and you have confessed in your mouth that Jesus is alive. Okay? One of those major chapters in the Bible because folks will have, you know, hey, repeat this prayer after being you'll be saved. Um, it's, it's very important to know that, and, you know, I, I, I don't argue with people. I don't, I don't debate with people. That doesn't get anywhere. If somebody, you know, wants to, I could. But, you know, what we have to do, we have to, we have to teach and preach the Bible. Okay? I don't teach and preach what somebody told me. What's, what is actually in the book? 
You know that nobody, and this is one for our young people, grab a hold of so many simple truths. There's no historical figure in the New Testament that ever prayed the quote-unquote sinner's prayer. It did not happen. Now, I admire the nobility of anybody that does that. It proves that somebody's hungry for God. Okay? But you've got, if anybody... You know, says, well, this is what you to be saved. Just, just very politely and kindly say, can you show me a scripture where somebody did that? Okay? Um, and that was pretty much just us chicks in the night. But that, that, that misrepresentation of scripture has sent more people to hell yeah. yep. than probably any other scripture in the Bible. Because people are given a false sense of security. So we've got to look at what Jesus said. Alright? Acts 2.38 wasn't just something Peter came up with. Jesus explains this to us. So Matthew, we're commanded to be baptized in the name. And then he further, furthers that up by saying, Teach all your new disciples to obey every commandment I have given you. Mark 16, 16, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Baptism of water, baptism of spirit. Luke 24. Luke 24, 24. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you. That all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Ooh. So at the end of three and a half years, there was still levels and layers of understanding that he was bringing to them. Mm. And in these last moments, he's, he opens their understanding. And what he's about to tell them is revelatory to them. And he said, thus it is written, and thus it behooves Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. So the gospel, Jesus is the message. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name. Among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. The three things that he tells them is repentance and remission of sins. It should be preached in his name. Well, we understand once we get more in, into more scripture, what remission of sins, how one gets remission of sins. And it's in his name. But it's, it's talking about baptism. Repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name on all nations. And then verse 49, and behold, I send the promise. So in these three verses is repentance, remission of sins, the promise. Repentance, water baptism, infilling of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the promise. Peter told him, this promise is to you and to your children. So, Jesus is preaching this. 
his last words, right before he ascends, he's given it to them because they're about to receive it and they're about to start spreading the gospel. So let's go to John 20. And this is probably the most, This it doesn't really get any simpler than, simple, is that a word? More simple? Simpler? Then said Jesus to them again, again, to them again, peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Everybody say that's me. It's me. Everybody say I'm sent. I'm sent. If God is sending you, he's going with you. And the anointing of the Holy Ghost is going to be on you. It's not going to be fussing and fighting. It's not going to be debating and that type of stuff. There are hungry people yeah. that want to know truth. Yeah. They want to know more than just one little scripture. I just had somebody tell me recently. And he loved about us and said, you guys, I forget exactly how he said it. He said, you guys know more than just one scripture. This connects here and this connects here and this scripture and that scripture. It all comes together. People want to know truth. They want to know, they want to know yeah. that the Bible is the final authority, that I'm not just making junk up and do what I say to do. Now, what's the Bible saying? The Bible is the final authority. Watch this. Next verse. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Next verse. Whosoever, whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. Now let's explain it. First of all, verse number what was it, 22 is a direct commandment from Jesus himself to receive the Holy Ghost. It's not an elective gift after you receive salvation. It's not. It's part of the new birth process. I must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a commandment. Remember in 28, Matthew 28, he said, teach all your new disciples to obey everything that I have commanded you. This is a commandment. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. You know what this is? This is Jesus further explaining the absolute necessity of water baptism in Jesus' name. Peter tells us in verse 38 of chapter 2, Acts, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. We know that remission of sins happens at baptism. Jesus is telling them right here, you've got to get this. He's telling them, if you don't baptize them, their sins are not going to be remitted. But when you do baptize them, that's when their sins will not be retained. He's telling them of the, 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 the necessity of, we've got to have our sins remitted. You're not going to heaven if your sins aren't remitted. And if he's talking about their direct involvement in people's sins, being remitted. Now, in, in Catholic circles, they'll take this to say that a priest can remit your sins. That's not what he's saying. 
Not when you get to the book of Acts and hear what Peter and Paul preached. It all ties together. Now, Peter is the one that takes it and in one verse takes these four chapters and goes and gives them the quick answer to the question. But what he's telling them here, number one, receive the Holy Ghost. Now, the Bible says, when he had breathed on them, what's that all about? Can we start doing that? There's two things that he's referencing here. There's two things. You gotta catch this. You gotta catch this because it's real quick and it's real subtle. There's two things. He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. Where's the first time we saw the breath of God in the Bible? The Bible says he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Of life. And who for the Holy Ghost? And he became a living soul. When the breath of God breathed into Adam, that's when he came alive. You look at the story again. He, he, he formed man out of dust of the ground. There's Adam's lifeless body until the breath of God. Jesus is making the connection of life and breath. And then it is further uh, demonstrated on the day of Pentecost when the wind began to blow. What was that? That was the breath of God bringing life into the 120. Dumb fan. Okay? So, last words of Jesus. He's, he's giving us a four different accounts that further expand and give us understanding of why Peter preached what he preached. And you must repent. You must be baptized. You must receive the Holy Ghost. It's not an unbiblical say you must receive the Holy Ghost. Jesus commanded them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. They didn't receive it like that. He was telling them, you're going to receive it. This is what you are to receive. It wasn't an instantaneous thing that happened right then. He's about to leave. So it's just a few days removed from the, from the day of Pentecost. It's going, the wind's going to blow. They're going to be in the upper room. The Holy Ghost is going to fill the room. And they're going to receive the Holy Ghost. He was giving them a command to receive it. Right? And then he's, he makes the statement to them that if somebody doesn't baptize them, their sins will be retained. Whoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. God designed it so that the salvation process cannot be completed without the help of somebody else. We need each other. We need each other to get in the kingdom, and we need each other to stay in the kingdom. Yeah. Praise God. Folks that get deceived into thinking, I'll just do church by myself or church at home. Oh, no, honey, you can't even get in the kingdom by yourself. You can't make it all the way by yourself. We've got to have the body. We've got to have each other. I'm going to have somebody that will put me down in water in the name of Jesus for me to be saved. 
And so that's what he's telling his disciples. It's important for you to understand, be able to, to explain. I want you to, I don't want just to be able to tell somebody to repent, get baptized, get holy. If that's true, that's good. Yeah. But I want you to be able to go to what Jesus taught. And, and this is by far about the exalted. This is just the last words. You can go back to these chapters, and I want you to do it. It's just a few verses in, in, in the last part of the stuff. And read it. And read it for yourself. And read it. And, and underline. And make notes. And all this kind of There's the, the levels of truth of Jesus explaining to them what to do and why is there long before, I said long before, days before Peter preached it to the thousands. It's there. All right? Um, so whoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know what's so great about the gospel? You know what's so great about the commandment of Jesus to go and make disciples? Is you don't have to know everything to teach. You just got to be willing to teach what you know. Okay? Here's the great thing. Every single one of us are still growing in our relationship with God. Right? We've all got some things in our life that the Lord's working on us about. We've all got some things in our life that we're that we see and, and that maybe frustrate us and Lord, I'm struggling with this and I want to get better and I want to get I want to grow beyond this. Whatever. We're all every one of us are still growing until the day we die. We'll be in that process. That's how it is. But here's the, the amazing thing. No matter where you are, if you've been living for God for six months, you've been living for God for 60 years, we still need the grace of God. We still need to grow in His grace. Yeah. Here's a great thing. Is you can still go while you grow. And when you go, you're going to grow. You don't have to know everything. I, I'm, I'm talking to literally everybody in this room tonight. You can take what I have showed you tonight, and you can tell somebody, hey, here's what, the, not, not what I say, here's what the Bible says. I love, to, I love when I teach Bible says I love the, whoever I'm teaching to have their own Bible. Just something about showing them and them reading it in their Bible and not in my Bible. Just so they know I didn't sneak it in there and they weren't looking. Don't you read it in your Bible? But here's what the Bible says. In whatever I'm teaching them, here's, here's what the Word of God tells us. I'm not the boss. The Word is we're all submitted to the Word. But no matter who you are, God is telling this church right now. It's time to go. Yeah. To intentionally go. Here's what you need to do. And obviously, can you go back to 38? Peter's answer to the question, the great question, Acts 2 37. Here's what you got to catch. Don't be listening to this. There's what's called. The principle of first mention. Right? What that means is 
you want to know anything about any given subject in the Bible, you go you find the first time it happens, and a majority of the time, the overwhelming majority of the time, that will define for the rest of the of the, of the Bible what it what it means. Okay, so Peter is preaching the first sermon of the new covenant. The reason that we know that we're in the new covenant is because the Holy Ghost has been poured out and they are now the church. We're now in the church age. He preaches the first sermon about Jesus because that's what it's all about. The, the message is not get the Holy Ghost and be baptized. That's not the message. That's how you obey the message. Mm -hmm. That's how you apply the gospel. Death, burial, resurrection, repentance, baptism, Holy Ghost. Okay? That's how you obey the gospel. It's not the gospel. It's how you obey it. But the question is asked, men and brethren, what shall we do? This is the first time in the church age that that question is asked. Okay? It's very important to understand that the answer that Peter gives in verse 38 is the answer to the question. He didn't say, pray this prayer with me, and you're saved. So here's what you got to understand. If you have ever any having conversation with anybody that's been taught incorrectly, here's the question you got to ask. Okay, catch this. Pause for me to jump tracks. How, how did we, when did we go from the Old Testament to the New Testament? Okay, cross. Okay, there's a time stamp. When we went from the law of Moses to the dispensation of grace. When God switches, when God switches on us of how he deals with mankind, there is a specific time stamp. Okay? We're no longer under the law. If you're obeying the law, you're guilty of all. We know this when we when the cross, uh, when Jesus died on the cross and he rose again, the law of Moses is done away with. I'm going somewhere with this. So, we have a time stamp. Boom. How do we, when do we go from the age of innocence to the age of conscience? Yes. Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve disobeyed, he went from the age of innocence to the age of conscience. Time stamp. Okay? God deals with man differently in one age and in a different one. Does this make sense, everybody? Yes. The answer that Peter gives on the day of Pentecost to the greatest question you can ask he says, repent, be baptized, see the Holy Ghost. If that is no longer the method or the answer to the question, when did it change? When did it change? If God is switching up the salvation process on us sometime between 33 AD and 54 AD when Romans 10 was written, when did it happen? It didn't happen. The answer is still the same. Ooh, I'm telling you. The answer, it, it, that's what it is. It, it, it never changed. You've got to understand how God deals with mankind in his relationship with him. If God's going to switch up the salvation process, he is going to for sure, 100% let us know when that happened. So to, to skip over the book of Acts and go to the book of Romans to to, to pray a prayer to be saved is, and I've told people this many times, you cannot understand 
the book of Romans if you don't first understand the book of Acts. They go in sequential order. Praise God. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. If you're going to teach all nations, you're going to make disciples, I want you to know more than Acts 2. Especially when our young people go back. We don't, you make me a promise you'll go back and read that. Okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We got to know. We got to know. We got to know. It's not just Acts 2 30, it's not just one verse in there that tells us what to do. It compacts it. And yes, it's true. But before Jesus ascended into heaven, he told us over and over and over again those, those different accounts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all had a different vantage point. And they, and they recorded different parts of the conversation. And when you put them all together, that's why Peter's answer makes sense. And there is, there is much falsehood and false doctrine. Yeah. There are a lot of people that are lost today because somebody said, pray this prayer after you. And you're saved. I didn't do that in the Bible. We, 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 and, and it's not it's not it's not good enough. It's not good for us at all to sit and pound our chest and say, well, we know the truth. No, we're gonna preach the truth in love. We're gonna teach the truth in love because there's people that really want to know what to do to be saved. And you can teach doctrine before you even get into the book of Acts. The book of Acts just further solidifies what Jesus taught. Let's stand tonight. Small group leaders, hosts, don't be one bit ashamed when doctrinal questions come up. If you know you're about to cross them doctrine, <coughs> you know that they believe something differently or have been taught something differently. You didn't write the Bible. And people want to know the truth. They're tired of dead driver. They're tired of just the same answers that are man-made. Let's go and let's repeat exactly what Jesus said, what Peter said, what Paul said. I'm not going to put my spin on it. I'm going to just I'm just going to repeat verbatim what Peter said. And here's why I'm going to tell you to read. To repent of your sins, be baptized in Jesus' name, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because Jesus, over and over and over and over again, in just his last words, not in not in his other sermons. You can go to John 3, you can go, you can go throughout the New Testament, throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but just, just his last words himself. tells us that it's not just a repeat after me prayer, but it's the new work process of repentance for baptism in Jesus' name. It's the application of the gospel. So it's how you try to obey. Praise God. Such a tremendous spirit of Lord is here tonight. Man, I feel good in the Holy Ghost. I'm excited about our Bible studies and the Holy Ghost that are starting back up. And the Lord is going to empower you and anoint you. If you'll get in the Word, You'll know the word and you'll, and you'll get acquainted with the word. It'll just come out of you. That's what Jesus told his disciples. Take no thought in that self-same hour what you will say. When you've been in the word, God knows how to extract it at the right time. 
telling you, there's there's times where I'll get in this pulpit not known for days when I'm going to preach. There's times I've walked in this platform like, Lord, you better help me. I ain't found it yet. And the Lord just give me a scripture. And things that I have been reading or I have been studying or I had just been meditating on. All of a sudden in that moment, the Lord was like, <laughs> brings it to my mind, brings it to my spirit. We're going to go while we grow. I don't care how long ago you were baptized in Jesus' name and filled the Holy Ghost. You are commanded to go. We're all going to grow. I, I, I don't have to reach a certain, a certain whatever before I can teach somebody what the Word of God says. But everybody here, everybody can just take the Word of God and teach what you know. This is what you got to do. I don't see it. Would you lift your hands with me right now? Let's love, lift our voice and love him tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, I feel revival and harvest in this place right now. You come up on sometime. I see it coming. I see it coming out of God's people. I see you baptizing people on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. It's high time for the baptistry to be used throughout the week, not just on the weekends, but in the name of Jesus. We're going to go into all the world. We're going to make disciples. We're going to teach the truth of the Word of God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I love you tonight. Lord, we're going to go from this place more full of the Holy Ghost, ready to share the Word of God ready to share the gospel, ready to share your love with somebody. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I know that you believe it. I know that you believe it. But if you don't fully understand it, it can't explain it. We're not turning every new convert over to a department. You're being trained. I did. Stop. The reality of it is, is new and new people need folks that seem a little more relatable to them to answer their questions. Matthew chapter 20. Let me take you to John chapter 20. 
Now we'll get to, now we'll get to Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 19 and Acts chapter 22. Oh, it's in there. So, I don't know, maybe for another Tuesday night. We're just going to get You've got to be equipped and able and ready to give an answer to somebody and possibly refute the lies that some folks have been indoctrinated with. You know, the, the, the fact that there will be people that just go along with, hey, pray this prayer you're saved, is a, a, obviously not a good thing, but on the one hand, it's a very good thing because there are obedient people out there that want to obey God. They want to obey God. I know, I know our generation is full of sin and it's becoming more prevalent and more in our face. I understand that. But just as the Bible says where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. There will never be a shortage of people that want to obey God's word. When you're ready with the love of God flowing out of your spirit, say, hey, you know, I know you were taught that, but hey, how about consider this? Have you ever seen anybody ever talk to you about this? Let me show you what this not to offend you, but I know that there's nobody in Scripture that ever prayed this in this prayer. But this is what Jesus did say. And let them read in their Bible. And watch Revelation begin to, the light bulb can begin to come on. Something they may have read a hundred times. And then watch Revelation that flows out of you. When you're in an atmosphere like here on Sunday night and you're soaking up the presence of God and you're praying in the Holy Ghost and revelation is flowing in here and you're receiving revelation, guess what? That is what flows through you to other people. That same spirit. Your eyes are being opened. It's like, oh, I've never seen that in Scripture before. I've never, I could go probably five or six times in this last week and I thought it was like, I've never seen it like that before. Wow, there it is. It's that simple. There it is. That's the exact same thing God's going to do for people that are hungry for the gospel. Let's lift our hands one more time to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we're going to teach, we're going to preach your word with love and with passion and with fervor. In the name of Jesus, we are being sent into the harvest. I pray over every young person that a passion and a fire and a burden for the lost would get a hold of our young people. They would see their potential in the kingdom to make an impact in this generation. Lord, every one of us, Lord, we're going to leave here with the anointing of the Holy Ghost on us into the harvest. Lord, we're ready and we're ready to hear that still small voice of direction. Lord, for somebody that's hurting, that needs the gospel, that needs your love. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to school and feed you some stuff. Young people hear me. It's your responsibility to take what I just talked tonight and get your Bible back out. Say, okay, I'm going to go over that again because I'm, now I know where to dig. Sometimes I, I, I can't dig it out for you. My dad couldn't dig it out for me. My grandpa couldn't dig it out for my dad. We could be just told where to dig, though. I can hand you a shovel and say, hey, dig here. So get your Bible. I'm trying to shut it down. Would be solved if we would just get in the world. 
Forgetfulness issues, attitude issues, frustration issues, whatever, 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 whatever it is. If we'll stay in the Word, the Word will give you spirit strength. But when we don't get in the Word, we get anemic and weak. And any virus can just take us out. Any spiritual venom can just take you out. But when you're strong in the Word, so take what I talked tonight. Get in the Word. Study it for yourself. And be able to teach what I talked about. In your own terms, in your own words. But read it, study it, until you can teach it. Familiarize yourself with it. I'm just going to be in this vein where I'm going to just talk. Foundational, fundamental stuff to where you can take and evangelize. And when you run into somebody, you got the answer. If you don't have the answer, you can't do that, I failed. Yes. I lose the spirit of revelation to flow through your people. A passion and a fire, Lord, to, to claim the promises of God in this city and the revival of harvest that is here. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord tonight and just love you.